Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. It is Craig and Frank here with you as we recap everything going on in the world of fantasy. Look ahead to the spring training games about to start in about an hour from now in the Grapefruit League and, of course, in the Cactus League as well. And Frank and I are reviewing my League of Alternative Baseball reality teams. If you want to go back and watch on demand or listen on demand in hour number one, you can go through all of the players and how much I bid on all of them. And thank you, Frank, for the text right before the reserve rounds. You gave me a good shot, and I took uh, advantage of a couple of the players that you mentioned to me. So I ended up with, uh, I think of my five reserves, I think he may have texted me three or four. No problem, Craig. I mean, that's what friends are for, right? That's what co-hosts are for. I love the Miguel Andujar pickup here. Everything that's going on with Giancarlo Stanton, with Aaron Judge. Uh, it seems like the Yankees want to find a way to get his bat in the lineup every day, no matter how that is. In the outfield, first base, third base, DH. I think he's going to play, you know, if they play six or seven games throughout the week, he'll probably be in five of uh, five or six of those. Let's not forget what he did just a couple of years ago. Near 300 batting average, close to 30 home runs in that lineup, in that ballpark. I think Miguel Andujar is crazy criminally undervalued right now and someone that I've been targeting in all of my drafts, Craig. Yeah, I mean, uh, the one guy that I didn't get in those reserve rounds was uh, Kwang Young Kim on the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. I, I just, I thought he would just completely slide right through until my last pick. And then I should have known Jeff Zimmerman uh, jumped on that right before the end. And here I am, the guy that's, that's seen the guy that I didn't end up taking him. But I, I honestly didn't think that anybody even had any awareness, especially that 12-team league to take a shot on him. I mean, Dakota Hudson wasn't even taken. I mean, think about that. Dude, Dakota Hudson with all that pedigree and being a top prospect, Frank, and Kim is the one that goes in this draft. I didn't see that. I think people just react to what they've seen in the spring so far, and obviously you saw him pitch that day, and he looked really, really good. So I think that's why some people are a little bit more interested in Kwang Young Kim. But, uh, Craig, look, you wound up with Spencer Turnbull. My guy, Spencer Turnbull. Come on, who needs Kwang Young Kim when you have Spencer I Turnbull mean, as one of your reserve starting pitchers? you made me take a guy that was 3-17 and 17 last year. I mean, that is that is disgusting. Is that true? 3-17? Three, three and was 17? really 3-17? <laughs> <laughs> oh my look. god. Oh, thanks now. It's better than 3 and 17. Effect. Come on, man. <laughs> Take a look. Oh my three god, he was 3 and 17. <laughs> uh, I'll say this. Yesterday he looked great against back. the Yankees. For what it's worth, he looked great against the Yankees yesterday. Pathetic. You didn't even know that before telling me to take the guy. 3 and 17. Frank recommends a guy. I'm Sean Guasamaki with your SportsGrid News Update. MLB News 13 spring training games on today's slate, which begin at 1.05 p.m. Eastern time with five games set to go there. The Japanese baseball season might be delayed due to the coronavirus outbreak. The Japanese baseball commissioner Atsushi Sato said protecting fans, players, and coaches was critical. Preseason games have been played in empty stadiums with the hope that the regular season can begin as scheduled on March the 20th. 
In an interview with the Toronto Star, Blue Jays closer Ken Giles, who won a championship ring with the 2017 Houston Astros, said he would give up the ring if asked. Quote, whatever they ask, I would oblige, Giles said to the Toronto Star, because that, what was going on at the time, was not okay, end quote. NFL news, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter, the Jaguars expect to use a franchise tag on defensive end Yannick Ngakwe. The tag for the defensive end will approximately cost $19.3 million. Yannick had 37.5 uh, sacks in four seasons with the Jaguars. He took to Twitter after the news was reported and, and quote, the Jaguars are where I no longer have interest in signing a long-term deal with Jacksonville. I love you guys. I appreciate everything I got. I'm thankful for the journey and look forward to continuing my career elsewhere." End quote. Also making news, the Bengals, according to sources, will use the franchise tag on wide receiver A.J. Green if no long-term deal can be reached. Let's move over to the NBA. The New York Knicks officially announced Leon Rose as the team's new president. Rose replaces resigned and reassigned Steve Mills as president. Rose took to uh, Twitter and asked the fans for patience in a statement released to the Knicks fans. And one note from boxing former heavyweight world title holder Deontay Wilder has officially exercised his right for an immediate third fight with Tyson Fury that is set to take place July the 18th at MGM. According to sources, of course, Fury beat Wilder uh, with a TKO in the seventh round this past week. That is your Sports Grid News Update. Now back to Craig and Frank, guys. All right, thanks very much, Sean. Appreciate it. And uh, we're going to get into now the uh, starting pitchers and relief pitchers that I took in the League of Alternative Baseball Reality Draft. And all right, uh, Frank, so let's take a look at the starting pitchers. I went in willing to pay uh, approximately $30 on Shane Bieber, and uh, it turned out to be $29, so I saved a buck there. Uh, Zach Gallen went for exactly the amount that I was willing to pay, and he was a late guy that I took in the auction. So even though he's listed as second there, he was you know, one of the last because I people were trying to get sneaky. Uh, Max Freed, uh, $11. I was willing to pay the 11 bucks on Freed. I'm hoping for some upside there. Uh, it seems like at least the fantasy industry slash community is very divided on Freed. Some people think Freed takes the next step. Some people think he takes a step back. I'm going to count on him being similar to what he was last year. Uh, very high on A.J. Puck. Did not expect to have to pay $5 for him. Saw him as a $2, $3 player, but did go the extra 5 What am I hoping for there, Frank? 100 innings, 115 strikeouts, maybe 15 starts, something along those lines. I'm not expecting 170 innings from him. I'm just expecting uh, solid uh, starting pitching there. Uh, Urquidy, I think, is uh, has a nice upside there. 150 innings, 150 strikeouts. Good team on Houston. Uh, Savali, I'm very in on, and I know that he's at this point, what, on Cleveland? What is he, the number two starter at this point? Three? He's, I mean, Savali's making 30 starts and throwing 200 innings, and that's what I wanted. And then at the end, $2. Man, Marcus Stroman, I don't know what happened with him last year with the Mets, but he was really good before he went over in the trade. And so I think I do have a solid but unspectacular starting pitching staff led by Bieber. Uh, I need a breakout from Gallon. I need Freed to be the same, and then I need some help between... Puck and Urquidy, I need one of those guys to break out, Frank. 
And I think if you show most people this list, they'll say, all right, in a 12-team league, you might want more uh, proven talent. But I am betting on the breakout of both Max Fried and Zach Allen as well. We've spoken about that before. And I guess why some people might have some pause over Max Fried, the one thing that I've noticed with him that gives me pause personally is last year the command was phenomenal for him, 2.5 walks per nine, whereas in his minor league career, consistently over three walks per nine, consistently over four walks per nine at certain stops throughout the minors. So can he maintain that level of command that he showed us last year. If he can, then I do think he can take that next step because obviously the strikeouts were there for him. 173 Ks and 165 and two-thirds innings pitch. Had a big second half was Max Freed where he saw the K per nine rise to over 10. Uh, had a 3.63 ERA in that second half with a 3.12 XFIP. So I think that there's breakout potential for Freed. And Gallen, look, has the four-pitch mix. We all saw what he did last year in the PCL. Put up a ridiculous minor league season. Was really good in the majors as well. Got a ton of strikeouts, a ton of swinging strikes. Yesterday, I was actually listening to uh, that game on the radio. Zach Gallen going up against Shane Bieber. Look at that. Your two guys mm. here on your labor team. And and Shane Bieber was great. Uh, Max, um, Zach Gallen did allow a three-run home run, uh, had the one mistake yesterday, uh, but obviously that's what spring training is for. They're trying to work on things right now. I'm betting on the breakout for both of those guys. Uh, the only thing that I will say I would have done differently in terms of the starting pitchers was in order to get someone that's a little bit more proven, maybe you take like a Robbie Ray, and I understand he's not spectacular anyway. He went for $4. Jose Urquidy went for $4. But if you want someone a little bit more proven, uh, Robbie Ray, not going to give you great ERA, not going to give you great whip, but he's going to give you probably close to 250 strikeouts sure. and, and potentially some wins with that Arizona Diamondbacks team with a really good run support as well. So ultimately, Craig, I wish I could sit here and rip apart your pitching staff, but these are a lot of pitchers that I like as well. Uh, even Stroman rounding it out. He's going to give you innings, if nothing else. The strikeouts went up last year when he was with the New York Mets. So somebody that I'm interested in as well. I, I like the way you put together this uh, rotation. Good balance of upside versus um, volume of anything pitch in this rotation. Yeah, and I'm just an A.J. Puck fan, and that's that's too much to pay, I think, for him in an auction. But, uh, you know, you want a player, and I had money left at the end, and I wasn't afraid to go. I remember someone was willing to pay $4, A.J. Puck, too, so let's uh, always keep that in mind. All right, uh, in terms of the bullpen and relievers, uh, though this is the one position that I am never going to spend heavy money on, ever. And to be honest with you, when I spent $10 on Nick Anderson, yeah, I'm betting on 15 saves, but this guy throwing 90 innings in a major league season is going to strike out 134 guys. This is, it, this is going to be a disgusting season for Nick Anderson. He is going to strike out a lot of guys. He is just plain filth, and I think he has a monster year for the Rays, and I think he looks more like a starting pitcher at the end of the year, honestly, Frank, with, his, with the stats that he's going to put up. Uh, I discussed Keona Kella with you. And I'm big on him going into the year. There is some possibility that he's not with the team after July. He is uncontested now in that bullpen. There is no one behind him unless you think Crick is something. And I think those two guys actually had a fight at one point last year, Kella and Crick. Uh, so, uh, look, I'm low in saves. I should be at the bottom in terms of the projections because that's kind of where I'm at. I will piece this together. I'll find my saves. 30 teams in the big leagues, Frank. Ten of them after April are going to have a different closer. I'm not worried about it at all. Anybody who tries to project what saves are going to be at this stage, you got to be out of your mind. 
Yeah, Nick Anderson is someone that does have big upside, Craig. If he is the closer from day one throughout the course of the season and even gives you 20, 25-plus saves, I mean, he is going to severely outperform uh, that value. The one thing I would have done differently there is, look, if you think Taylor Rogers is the closer for the Twins, they're a really good team, and he went for $1 less than Nick Anderson, can neutralize both lefties and righties. Uh, so I think a little bit more job security, and you would project more saves for uh, for Taylor Rogers over Nick Anderson this season. But if you wanted the ratios and the strikeouts, I can't blame you when it comes to taking Anderson over someone like Rogers. Uh, and then Keone Kella, $7, solid, as you mentioned, but someone that could be traded. Uh, I would rather have Brandon Workman, who made his spring training debut over the weekend. Uh, he had over 100 strikeouts last year as well. And if we're talking about bullpens where we don't really expect much competition, I feel that way about Boston. I don't know that there's anyone else on Boston that can compete with Brandon Workman because the strikeout stuff is absolutely legit. I think he's someone that could get 25 to 30 saves this year, Craig. All right, well, when we come back, we'll just finish off with uh, some of my reserve players, and then Frank and I will dive into the best values at a buck in the League of Alternative Baseball Reality Mixed League Auction. We're back on Sports Grid on Fantasy Sports today, right after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today. Straight ball, I get it very much. Curveball, that's our friend. Yes. Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. You got to take a view. That's I offer a cigar, bro. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. It is Craig Mish. Frank Stample, back in the house with you. we got Chris Pavona producing the show. Sean Guastamaki is taking care of our sports grid updates. Before we uh, close out my uh, auction, and then we're going to get into some $1 players from the mixed league draft yesterday. Remember, there's a 12-team te- uh, league. Frank makes a really good point. Just continue to bring that up because it's not really industry standard. A lot of Most people are playing 15-team leagues, but uh, this one was a 12. Uh, one quick note from baseball, and we'll see if we can get him on at some point before the end of the uh, – the uh, end of March, maybe to talk about the Pirates. Uh, Tom Kohler, who pitched uh, many years for the uh, Miami Marlins, ended up retiring today. And I know Tom from his days, of course, pitching with the Marlins. He's had some struggles with some shoulder injuries and decided to call it quits with the Pirates today. So congratulations on a great career to Tom Kohler. Just want to mention that. Okay, uh, reserves. Let's take a look, guys, at my reserves from the League of Alternative Baseball Reality Drafts. And here are the final three players that I had. Uh, Matt McGill of the Seattle Mariners, uh, Ryan Helsley of the St. Louis Cardinals, and Spencer Turnbull of the Detroit Tigers. And uh, those are the final three players that I ended up with, Frank. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think obviously, uh, speculating on some closers here makes a ton of sense. Uh, you, we mentioned that you wound up with Nick Anderson and Keone Kella. But um, when it comes to Helsley, he, he's someone that you said you think uh, can – wind up as the closers role here. Obviously, there are things up in the air with the St. Louis Cardinals from Giovanni Gallegos to Andrew Miller, Carlos Martinez. Is he going to be in the rotation? Is he going to be the closer? So uh, I like speculating on Ryan Helsley there. I think that makes a ton of sense. And then in Seattle, we don't know if it's McGill, if it's going to be uh, Yoshi Hirano, but I think, obviously, taking shots in the reserve rounds, there's, you know, there's 
if they're not the closer to start the year, the first couple of uh, the first couple of weeks, then you could just wind up dropping these guys. So it's I, I don't. All right, we're having some technical difficulties with uh, Frank. We'll get back to him in just a minute out in New Jersey. Um, let me talk to you about a couple of $1 players who uh, ended up going in the draft and maybe some uh, you know, regret of players that I didn't end up getting and potentially some others didn't end up getting in the draft. Uh, Andrew Heaney went for $1 uh, of the Los Angeles Angels. Adam Ronis ended up taking him. Uh, Adrian Hauser, who potentially has a chance to be the second pitcher on the Milwaukee Brewers this year, SP2 or SP3, also went for a dollar. Kevin Newman of the Pittsburgh Pirates really has a chance to maybe steal 10 bases, hit 510 home runs, a buck as well. Uh, man, Christian Walker with the season that he had last year. And again, they have some other options there. And so there certainly is that chance that the sophomore slump happens to Walker, but a nice pickup for a dollar. Austin Hayes of the Baltimore Orioles, as you could see in this 12-team league draft, not many Orioles going off the board. In fact, I think uh, Mancini was really the main one for Baltimore and then Givens. But Austin Hayes, nice little speculative dollar for him as well. And then Dylan Cease for a buck on the Chicago White Sox, someone that could maybe pitch 100 innings in a, uh, in a Major League Baseball season. So um, hopefully those are the uh, you know, players that I think potentially could give you some extra value in a draft, and um, if we have Frank back, Frank, um, I mean, who is your favorite amongst all of the players that went for a dollar? Yeah, I like Andrew Heaney a lot. I, I think, look, he has all the talent in the world. It's just a matter of can he stay healthy. We say this about a lot of players, a lot of pitchers, obviously, but last year, I mean, over 11 Ks per nine, 95 and a third innings pitched. The year before that, 180 innings pitched. You know he's going to give you strikeouts, and I think that the ratios, I think he's been a little bit unlucky so far in his career uh, with the Angels, should be able to pick up some wins there, some good run support behind him. But, you know, I, I think a lot of these names are enticing. I like Austin Hayes a lot as well. I think he's someone who can hit you know, over 20 home runs with a solid batting average, good ballpark to hit in, obviously, in Camden. And I actually texted Adam Ronis last, last night because a lot of the names on this list that are $1 players came from his team, uh, and he basically went with a stars and scrubs approach, and, and that's something that he pre-planned. I asked him, you know, if that's something he wanted to do going into the uh, this auction, and he said yes. Yeah. So he obviously winds up with a ton of great players in Francisco Lindor, Yoan Moncada, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, DeGrom, Clevenger, uh, but then obviously winds up with a lot of $1 players. And honestly, Craig, I think he hit on a lot of those $1 players. So time will tell if it works out for him. It's not something that I would try and do in a 15-team league, but in a 12-team league, it seems a little bit more doable, Craig. Yeah, and I, and I think, look, you have to judge it based on who you like at this point. And when you're talking about, you know, big-time players that you're getting for a dollar, let's be honest, it's all opinion at that point. I mean, there's no fact involved. It's all based on who you think has a potential chance to grade out at the end of the season for 2 3 or even $5. And make no mistake about it. By the way, there are going to be a lot of players that were untaken in the auction and even in the reserve rounds that are going to end up helping you win fantasy baseball championships in every single league that you're in. And they're not even addressed on the most important day of the year. That's a fact. That's what happens in every league. And speaking of which, there are a lot of players who were not taken that have been taken in fantasy drafts in years past. Some of them former MVPs of fantasy, believe it or not. Let's take a look at the all undrafted labor uh, mixed league team. And the names here are just incredible when you think about the history of fantasy. A catcher, Jan Gomes. 
it certainly could be a dollar catcher. He's splitting time with Kurt Suzuki, but you know sometimes he he gets the lion's share of the time there. I mean, a guy that could hit 15 home runs, Jan Gomes, maybe with a you know 250 batting average. Miguel Cabrera, former Triple Crown winner and MVP at the late latter stages of his career, not even a dollar, not even in the reserve rounds. Brian Dozier, who seems to be at the back nine of his career, if not the last year, just three years ago was an MVP candidate for the season that he put up with the Minnesota Twins, and now undrafted, no no money in the auction for him. Nick Ahmed, a breakout season last year with the Diamondbacks, nobody believed in his year. Remember Evan Longoria, when we were talking about third base rankings in fantasy, he was number one, number two, number three, No, not drafted, nothing. Uh, Luis Arias, apparently nobody believing in the season that he had last year with the Twins, potential for you know 10 home runs, 15 stolen bases, playing time and issue with him. No one was in on Albert Pujols. This year, Miguel Cabrera and Albert Pujols, both not involved at all in 12-team leagues. Aquino of the Reds, no one bought that season that he had last year, not even a dollar for him. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr., another player that's going to get massive playing time in the Boston Red Sox outfield in a 12-team league. You would think you could throw a bucket him and get 10, 15 steals, 15 home runs. Nope, no one interested. No one interested in just uh, getting Mitch Hanniger for a dollar and throwing him on the injured list. I'm going to guess that when the first fab budget runs uh, the night before the season, someone will grab Mitch Hanniger for a buck and roster him. Talkman with the great year for the Yankees, and you would think that at least in April, he's in line for some good playing time. Uh, no interest for him. And yet another, Frank, San Francisco Giant, <laughs> Mike Stremski, uh, did not get taken based on the year that he had last year. Uh, nothing as far as the offense is concerned there. As far as the pitching is concerned, we mentioned Dakota Hudson. Nobody wanted a bit of dollar or take him in a reserve round. Marco Gonzalez, the same after back-to-back -back solid years. Two years ago, Jose Quintana was a top 20 pitcher in fantasy. Now off the board. Same thing with John Lester, a fantasy ace at one point. This is probably his final year with the Cubs. And they do talk about high leverage relievers. Two years ago, Zach Britton was the second closer off the board. Not taken at all. Shane Green coming off a phenomenal year last year with Detroit as the closer. Now just trying to find his way in the eighth inning or seventh inning. Nothing for him. And then Blake Trinan, of course, was a, a top five round pitcher in Snake League drafts and the number one closer in fantasy last year uh, didn't go off the board at all. So uh, I don't know what you take from that, Frank, but a lot of interesting names that we used to really hang on to in the past in fantasy. And it just seems like age caught up to them. But, you know, some interesting names, I think, when the first fab runs, I think a couple of these guys will go off the board. Yeah, a lot of nostalgia when it comes to guys like Miguel Cabrera, Albert Pujols, and Evan Longoria at the corner infield positions. Guys that for long, for for long periods of time were you know mainstays in the first round, the second round of fantasy baseball. But obviously getting up there in age, and when it comes to Longoria, the fact that he's just kind of stashed all the way out there in Oracle Park. It's a bad park to hit in. It's not a good lineup. I think you could say the same thing about Mike Yastrzemski, who kind of randomly broke out onto the scene last year for the San Francisco Giants. The names that stand out most to me. Me. Aristides Aquino, we spoke about him last week and his home run prop, I believe it was set like 22 or 23 and a half. He showed big time power last year. I understand there's playing time concerns. It wouldn't surprise me if he's someone who has a major impact at some point throughout the course of this season. I don't know if it's going to be on opening day because, again, the Reds have a lot of outfielders now with Castellanos, Shogo Akiyama, and then J Jesse Winker's in the mix, Nick Senzel's in the mix. So we'll have to see what happens with that. Uh, Luis Arias, look, if you're trying to find batting average and not much else, 
he's probably going to hit 300. He puts a lot of balls in play. He does not strike out, makes a ton of contact, obviously hits in a really good lineup with the Minnesota Twins as well. And then the final name, mentioned it earlier, when you took Miguel Andujar in the reserve rounds, I am trying to get at least you know, a share of this Yankees lineup. And, and the way to do that is in the later rounds, Talkman, Clint Frazier, Andujar, Gio Urshela, Aaron Judge is having more testing done today. He's dealing with a shoulder, pec injury. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton not going to be ready for opening day. I think that those players that I mentioned on the Yankees, if you want cheap exposure to a really good lineup and a really good ballpark, I am interested in any of those names as a you know late-round pick, your last-round pick, reserve-round pick, whatever it might be, Craig. Uh, I think you want exposure to really good lineups and really good ballparks, and that's a way to do it and get it done with the New York Yankees. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, all these names that I just threw out there. We're going to go ahead and we'll save these. And then when the first free agent acquisition budget runs, essentially in three weeks from now, right before the season, we'll see how many of these names go off the board at that point when people realize, oh, maybe I should have taken uh, this player or that player. We'll knock that out uh, for you guys as well. All right, uh, coming up next, uh, of course, Frank is at the FanDuel Sportsbook in New Jersey. And the odds are out for players to lead the league in home runs in 2020. And we're going to go over some of those futures coming up in just a couple of minutes. You're watching Fantasy Sports Today right here on Sports Grid TV. Frank and Craig, back with you right after this. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today, live on the Sports Grid TV network. I am Frank Sample, joined by Craig Mish, and mentioned live from the FanDuel Sportsbook over at the Meadowlands. Let's get some sports wagering involved here as well when it comes to the baseball season here in 2020. And I was taking a look at the odds to lead the league in home runs this upcoming season, Craig. And I think that there's money to be made here. Obviously, you know, there are going to be long shots that are going to compete in this, and I think that's why you know I am interested in this because anybody can really lead the league in baseball. I mean, how many people had Pete Alonso leading baseball in home runs in the 2019 season as a rookie? And if you look at the top four home run hitters from 2019, Craig, Pete Alonso, Eugenio Suarez with 49, Jorge Soler with 48, Cody Bellinger with 47, maybe the only one on that list that you would have actually considered a realistic, uh, that had a realistic chance to actually pull that off was Cody Bellinger. So that's why I think there is some money to be made here uh, in terms of the odds on home run leader in 2020 this upcoming season. So uh, let's get it started here. Some of the favorites this upcoming season, Craig. Joey Gallo at 10 to 1, Mike Trout at 10 to 1, and Pete Alonzo at 10 to 1. Do either of those names interest you, or are you going way down the board to try and find this year's Suarez, this year's Pete Alonzo, uh, this year's Jorge Soler, Craig? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be wise to probably surf right around that 10 to 15 to 1 type range, I think for sure. Um, look, I mean, this is such a fickle thing. Remember, last year, who had 
Pete Alonso, Frank, end up winning the home run title? And the answer would be nobody. Who had Jordan Alvarez hitting as many home runs as he did last year? Uh, the answer is no one. Who had Jorge Soler hitting as many home runs last year? As uh, And nobody had that as well. Um, you know, Chris Davis on Oakland is interesting for me just because I, I don't know really what happened to him last year. I don't believe that he lost skill set. The guy, all he does is play designated hitter. So I would have some interest in getting down on him. And I and I think that the White Sox pose some really interesting numbers this year because, uh, first of all, their lineup is more potent. They have a couple of guys who I think can hit a lot of bombs. Abreu, Eloy Jimenez, maybe they're a factor. Edwin Encarnacion maybe is a factor too. And also not forget, the Tigers and the Royals in particular, not great pitching staffs. So I think facing those guys 36 times gives the White Sox an opportunity to hit some home runs. I probably would lean in on somebody on that club just to kind of throw a long shot out there. Yeah, Chris Davis, 35-1 to 1 right now with the Oakland A's. He's someone that, you know, stood out to me as well. And the reason why, look, you're not, I don't think you're throwing a, a decent amount of money on either and any of these names. But, again, this is something that, you know, I'll dabble with. I'll throw, you know, I'll sprinkle a little bit because, again, the, the odds last year on some of these guys who were atop the leaderboard in terms of home runs were astronomical. And that's why I think, you know, there could be some money to be made here. Uh, so, Chris Davis, you mentioned at 35-1 to 1 on the Oakland A's last year, dealt with the hip injury before then. That happened around Cinco de Mayo, May 5th last year. He had 10 home runs in the first month of the season. So he was basically on the normal pace that we're used to seeing, 40 to 45 home runs out of Chris Davis. And I think a name that's also a teammate of Chris Davis, Craig, that makes a lot of sense, is Matt Olson, who you're getting right now at 25 to 1. Last year, dealt with the handmate bone injury, came back, and basically didn't miss a beat. And, you know, you look at this guy's stat cast page, hits the ball extremely hard, hits the ball in the air. I understand it's not a great ballpark to hit in when it comes to Oko, but I think that the power is legitimate when it, when it comes to Matt Olson. I think he's someone that could legitimately hit 45 to 50 home runs this year, Craig. Any interest, any interest in Matt Olson at 25 to 1 to lead the MLB in home runs? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's a good one. Health is is clearly, you know, on the risk side with him a little bit to a degree. Um, don't have a lot of concern about him hitting 30. I don't know that I would pick him to win uh, the home run title. But you're right. Oakland's got a number of players who can hit a lot, and they seem to find them year after year. I mean, Mark Canna, look how long it took him to develop into an everyday big league player. I remember him in fantasy talking about him. I believe it was. Uh, you know, hitting in Japan on opening day or something like that, like five years ago, and then he was a nothing. And then last year, came back on the scene and ends up hitting 20 home runs, 25 home runs. So certainly uh, within the realm of possibility, I think, there. Uh, but again, I'm looking at good lineups. I'm looking at L.A. I'm looking at the White Sox. I'm looking at the Minnesota Twins, the Yankees, the teams that ended up hitting a lot of home runs last year. I think that those are all in play for me, too. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Another really good lineup, obviously, is Yordan, uh, is the Houston Astros. And Jordan Alvarez is a name that I think pops out um, to me. 22-1 to 1 right now over at the FanDuel Sportsbook to lead all of baseball in home runs this upcoming season. He actually has the highest odds of any Houston Astros player. And I think it makes sense, Craig. You look at what he did last year. 
50 home runs between the minors and the majors, hit 23 at AAA, hit 27 home runs in just 87 games last year was Jordan Alvarez of the Houston Astros, uh, posted an OPS over 1,000 in his first season. Craig, uh, is Jordan Alvarez someone that interests you here? And, and what about from a fantasy perspective? You know, we didn't really have a utility-only preview, I guess, but when we get into the Houston Astros, we could talk more about Jordan Alvarez. Uh, is he someone that you are interested in? It seems like he struggled a little bit in the postseason uh, with some better pitching there, but there are some people that think he can hit over 300, approach 50 home runs uh, as early as this season as a 22-year-old, 23, turning 23 in June. Craig, uh, any interest in Jordan Alvarez at this price of 22-1 to 1, uh, and in terms of fantasy as well? Yeah, I mean, he's legit, and the only thing that, that we really don't know, and you don't know this about a player either, is that when they are essentially a designated hitter all time, uh, and and don't play any other position. You really don't know how a player is going to react to that. But it would seem to me to think that 30 home runs is well within the realm of possibility. For fantasy, I don't know. I'm just one of those guys that for some reason I hate clogging up that utility. It's probably a flaw on and short-sighted on my part. But uh, I don't like having players who can't play anywhere else. And honestly, like I've mentioned on previous shows, that's been a mistake for me because... I didn't take David Ortiz for many years. I didn't take Nelson Cruz for many years. And I probably won't end up with Alvarez on many of my teams. And, you know, inevitably you have to play somebody at the utility anyway. And it's certainly he is a good possibility to, I think, build on the year that he had last year. Craig, I mentioned the Houston Astros, and you said you want exposure to some of the better lineups in baseball, and the Minnesota Twins certainly fit that bill. I think that you can look at Nelson Cruz, another utility-only player, at 35-1 to to potentially lead baseball in home runs, as long as he stays healthy. I mean, last year the guy put up 40 home runs in, what, 120, 130 games? So if he can stay healthy, I think he's someone that can hit 45-50. to And his teammate, Miguel Sano. 35 to 1. It all comes down to health, Craig. And we've said this before when it comes to Miguel Sano. He had 34 home runs last year in 105 games. I think you can argue, you know, he makes the hardest contact in all of baseball. Uh, he doesn't make contact all that often because he strikes right. out about 35% of the time here, Craig. Uh, but Miguel Sano, someone who's been getting more helium in drafts this upcoming season, he's going to have first base eligibility within the first month. Obviously, moving over to first base with Josh Donaldson coming over. We'll have first eligibility. We'll have third base eligibility from a fantasy perspective, Craig. But one of my favorite bets, one of the, I, I don't know if you'd consider it a long shot at 35-1, to 1, uh, but I, this is one that I actually am going to be invested in, and I'm going to put a little money down. I think that if he can stay healthy for 130, 140 games, Craig, I think that he could actually approach 50 home runs. Again, that is Miguel Sano. Yeah, you know, what's interesting about uh, some of the discussion that we were having this weekend uh, at the draft, at the auctions, was the baseball. And there seems to be at least the general consensus from the community and at least some of the, the people who are around that there could be some pullback on the home runs from last year. And I think that there are going to be some players that, if that is indeed the case, that are not going to be ball-proof, where you're going to see a significant drop-off for them. Um, I don't think Sano is one of those guys, Frank, but it'll be interesting to monitor because the Twins were one of those teams that were breaking all kinds of home run records last year. I guess what I would say is that, in comparison, Miguel Sano probably hits home runs no matter what size, shape, or feel of the ball is. Would Max Kepler hit as many home runs if the ball was different? I don't know the answer to that. We'll find out this year.
Yeah, and I think that's a really, really good point. You know, is Glaber Torres going to hit 38 home runs again this upcoming season if the goal, if the ball goes back to what it was? And again, remember last week we had Craig, you know, doing the experiment with the baseball from this year versus the baseball from last year. Uh, so we do appreciate that here. Where else are you going to get that in terms of fantasy analysis? Who else is looking at the baseball live on the show? Aside from Craig Mish, you know what? You, I'm glad, here you, on you know what? Since, since we're on the subject of oh, that, oh, Craig, what do you got? You got since, more baseballs? Yeah. What do you got? <laughs> well, since we're on the subject of that, it was brought to my attention to ask you a question on the show. If and a, a baseball, uh, basically, is it true or a true or false question? Now, I, I don't know Let's if go, it's true me. or not, Frank. Okay, okay. So here's what I heard. I heard that that Frank Stamfel, uh back in the day used to go uh, outside of the Sports Grid studios, which were, of course, the Roto Expert studios back in the day, and buy hot dogs for Scott Engel at 9 o'clock in the morning? Is this true? This is what I heard. Somebody told me this and asked me to, to ask you that question, Frank. Is that a true true statement, true or false on that one? Uh, I, I can only wonder who asked you that. It's probably someone who currently has a ponytail. Uh, but, yeah, look, you got to do what you got to do, Craig. You got you to impress the boss. What is Scott Engel uh, you know, doing the eating the hot dogs for, for a buck? Uh, at 9 o'clock in the but, morning? But does it surprise you, though, Craig? Does it surprise guess, you, though? Come on. <laughs> it's the king. The king. Hot he wants, dogs for breakfast? He wants his hot dogs, extra relish. 9 a.m. Well, 9 a.m.? Scott would always say it, it was true. He would wake up at like 3, 4 a.m. So by the time it gets oh, to 9, true. 10 a.m., it's basically lunchtime for him. It would make him very sleepy. Craig, you don't what? You don't dabble with the hot dogs at 9 a.m. right before the show. Yeah, you you, you, you slam down a few hot dogs. No, no, it's not going to happen. Not. A few, a few more names that I do like uh, as long shot bets here to lead all of baseball in home runs this upcoming season. Craig is Fran Mill Reyes at 45 to one. Hits the ball basically as hard as anyone. Uh, hits too many ground balls, but if he ever lifts that launch angle a little bit, I think he's someone that can compete with the 40 to 50 home runs uh, this upcoming season. And I don't think he's someone that will be affected by the baseball either. You mentioned the White Sox lineup, Craig. I got to throw the name out there: Eloy Jimenez. At 50-1, to one, hit 31 home runs last year as a rookie. All right, when we come back, we're going to look at mid to late round category specialists, players that can help you specifically in batting average and wins. How do we project wins? We'll do that next. Fantasy Sports Today on the Sports Grid TV Network. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Frank back with you. We'll be back on the show tomorrow. We'll start doing our team previews. We'll go through the depth charts, the sleepers, the bust, and we'll go through every single Major League Baseball team before opening day on the 26th, or at least we'll try to get through every single team. And uh, So just tune in tomorrow to see which team we're going to do. We'll give you a little bit of a preview on social media uh, before the shows begin. Um, Frank, you know, I'm still uh, in, two, in two other leagues now, believe it or not. Uh, the Tout Wars draft and hold, we, we still have about 20 rounds to go. 
And now I'm in this uh, NFBC uh, 15 team leaguer called the Raz Bowl. Have you heard of this one? This is by the guys at Raz Bowl. Yeah, I'm actually in this draft as well, Craig. So this okay, is uh, similar to the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational that there is a big overall. There's a bunch of leagues that are comprised uh, together, and then there's an overall prize. Uh, Twelve-team leagues. It's a best ball format as well. So I've already made my first pick. I had the fourth overall pick. I took Cody Bellinger. Have you made a pick yet, Craig? Yes, I've, we've had two in this draft, as a matter of fact. Um, I have, yeah, I have the, let's see, I think I have the 14th pick or the 13th pick. Sounds, sounds like that. I have uh, DeGrom and Trey Turner. I got Turner in the second round. I couldn't let him go any further. All right. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a little bit different because it's obviously a best ball point scoring format. So, you know, I had to take the, the league scoring and kind of plug that into a projection system and it spits out, you know, how much the players are worth. Uh, but it obviously changes things because in a Roto League, like, of course, you, you'd love to have Trey Turner. Uh, I would have to look up where he ranks amongst um, where he ranks in terms of, you know, the scoring. Maybe I should have done that before like we started this five too. I think it's like five or ten points per stolen base, so he's probably still going to be pretty damn good, I'd imagine, Craig. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, I probably should have looked at that beforehand. All right, good job by <laughs> me to start off with already. Could have had Anthony Rendon, 800 points. Okay, uh, on that note, uh, Frank, we're always looking at late-round, mid-round targets in fantasy. Uh, you've come up with uh, a number of names that you think that could potentially help you. Uh, for those people who are at the end game of their draft. Or, you know, actually, it feels like a lot of these are mid-round now that I look at them a little bit more, especially in 15-team uh, mixed leagues. Yeah, these are more mid-round values. Some of them uh, are a little bit later. You know, maybe like a Kevin Newman, a Daniel Murphy you can get later on. But I wanted to focus on specific categories, right? So everyone is trying to find batting average and stolen bases throughout the course of their draft. Uh, a lot of players get pu pushed up the draft board um, maybe, you know, artificially because of what they can do in those specific categories. So, uh, look, if you miss out on batting average early, if you take a Pete Alonzo or you want stolen bases and you take a Jonathan VR, he's not really going to contribute much batting average. Or even if you want to take some of those sluggers in the middle rounds, like a Fran Reyes or Miguel Sano, they're going to hurt your batting average. You're going to need to find it somewhere else, Craig. And uh, Michael Brantley, obviously more of a mid-round value going in that, you know, eighth, ninth round range. I think extremely safe this upcoming season once again. Good lineup. Probably going to hit you close to 20 home runs. Doesn't really do much on the base pats anymore. But I would expect, you know, close to a 300 batting average. Maybe exceeds 300. And the counting stats, obviously, are going to be really good in the Houston Astros lineup. Brian Reynolds, someone I told you last week who had the stamp of approval because he is basically Michael Brantley light. And you can get him three, four, sometimes five rounds later than a Michael Brantley. Makes a ton of contact. He's going to hit close to 300 for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I saw him running the bases yesterday. He's actually got some wheels. So it'll be interesting to see if they let Brian Reynolds run a little bit uh, as well. Kevin Newman, a name that we mentioned early on, went for a dollar in the labor mixed auction yesterday. Uh, and I think as a middle infielder, again, 290 plus, 10 home runs, 15 to 20 stolen bases. Probably going to hit near the top of that Pittsburgh Pirates lineup this upcoming season, Craig. Uh, and then later on, these are more of your late-round targets. Daniel Murphy maybe bounces back for a 280-plus, still plays in Coors Field. Uh, more of a corner infielder now than you know, a starting first baseman. Maybe you get him as your utility as well. Uh, and then Luis Arias with the Minnesota Twins just makes a ton of contact, puts the ball in play, doesn't strike out, uh, projected to be the starting second baseman for the Minnesota Twins right now. And if he plays every day, 
maybe you get solid counting stats. I'm not really expecting much power there, but uh, this is a really late-round target, a deeper target, someone that can help you in batting average. So, Craig, Brantley, Reynolds, Kevin Newman, Daniel Murphy, Luis Arias, are any of these players targets of yours? Uh, and do you disagree that maybe any of these players uh, will not help your batting average this upcoming season? Yeah, I, you know, what's interesting, Frank, is that, you know, there are some players that, you know, you look at it, and I think Reynolds is a good example of this. Like, we very rarely, in, in the times that we've done this, we mentioned Austin Hayes today, and of course, every once in a while, we'll mention, like, Whit Merrifield or someone on the Royals, but, like, where are the Tigers, Frank? Like, where are their outfielders, you know? Where where is Baltimore's outfielders? Where are Pittsburgh's outfielders? And and just because these teams are bottom feeders, which it would appear they are this year, there's still going to be fantasy value from some of them. Um, the key is just kind of finding out who. And a good example of of this last year, which is one that I failed on, is that when I looked at the Giants last year, um, you know, I I thought Stephen Duggar would have been someone, uh, you know, kind of along maybe a little bit lower than some of the ones that you're mentioning here with steals and uh, and some runs, and that didn't work out, and he was on a bad team. Um, but finding those gems, I think, on the teams, like I mentioned, Kansas City, Baltimore, Detroit, someone is bound to break out on on some of those teams. And, um, and I would throw those guys into this category, too. It's just a lot harder to identify uh, an unknown name than it is with some of these names that you mentioned that are known already previously. Yeah, I think it's a really good point, too, when it comes to the Kansas City Royals. I was actually on Jorge Soler last year. I drafted him on my main event team, and obviously the rest was history. He wound up hitting 48 home runs. But, yeah, there's value to be had on these bad teams as well. Nobody wants, it seems like nobody wants C.J. Crone. I think he's someone that can hit 250. 25 to 30 home runs, you know, the first half of the season at least until July. He's going to play every single day with the Detroit Tigers. Same thing with Jonathan Scope. You know, you want a middle infielder with some pop, 20-plus home runs. Batting average that's not gonna, going to really hurt you. Probably going to hit in the middle of that lineup as well. Uh, I think there is value to be had on bad teams, and that's a really good point, Craig. The other category I did want to touch on here was a pitching category. Batting average is hard to come by. Wins are hard to come by. And, Craig, I understand projecting wins is fool's gold. Uh, it's like projecting touchdowns in fantasy football. You, you, there are some things you just can't predict. So to me, it's an inexact science, but I think you're looking at starting pitchers that obviously play on really good teams, that have good run support, and have good bullpens as well. And these were the five names that really stood out to me as names that, can, that, that really do fit that mold. Sean Manaya. Pitches in a really good ballpark. Uh, I think the strikeouts are going to be solid with him. I think they have a decent bullpen as well. David Price, it's just a matter of how long can he stay healthy. The Dodgers, again, uh, have a solid solid bullpen there and obviously have a great lineup, maybe the best in all of baseball right now. Uh, the strikeouts were actually back up for David Price last year. Jose Urquidy, someone that you wound up with on your labor team, Craig. Plays on the Houston Astros. He's going to get run support. I think he could actually help your whip as well. You look at the minor league numbers, really has great command uh, throughout every level, and I think we saw a little bit of that last year at the major league level. And here are some oldies, Craig. Anibal Sanchez with the Washington Nationals really kind of like revitalized his career the past couple of seasons with the Atlanta Braves and then with the Washington Nationals now. Should still have a really good lineup there. Uh, I think the bullpen is solid, even if we don't know who the closer is between Doolittle and Daniel Hudson. Uh, they obviously have some names there in the back end. Will Harris, a name to pay attention to as well. So I think that they can hold on to some wins there. And then Last but not least, Jay Happ with the New York Yankees. You know, he's looked good so far in the spring. Uh, pitching in 
with the Yankees, going to get a ton of run support, uh, and they might have the best bullpen in the entire league. You only need Jay Happ to go five, maybe six innings. And I, I understand he was not good last year. Can't defend what we saw last year out of Jay Happ. But, Craig, Sean Manaya, Jay Happ, David Price, Jose Urquidy, Anibal Sanchez, all pitchers that have good run support, they play for good teams, and do have solid to great bullpens behind them as well that should help them hold on to wins. Uh, is this a formula that kind of makes sense to you in terms of looking for wins and chasing wins, if we're being honest, uh, this upcoming season, Craig? Yeah, and, and look, especially with the teams that you mentioned, Houston in particular with their Keedy, uh, I would throw Jordan Montgomery into that mix with the Yankees just to see what he ends up yep. being. It would, it would appear that he has got at least a clear path to get a shot. I don't know what, if it's going to work out or not. Uh, but no doubt, um, Julio Urias on the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, it looks like he's in the rotation, and maybe Dustin May is left outside of that. And when you're looking for wins, um, there's certainly that chance. Uh, the Mets have been an 80-some-odd win team over the last couple of years. DeGrom has had trouble winning games, so it's not an exact science with this, and some of it does come down to the good bullpens. But you can also find players on those teams, too. Uh, the Padres are a good example of that. Kirby Yates in the ninth. Drew Pomerantz in the eighth, uh, Craig Stammen. You got this kid Patino coming up as well. Uh, you know, you get through five innings, you may be in really good shape. All right, uh, we'll end the show, and uh, we cap it off with a little exit velocity. I feel the need, the need for speed. Ow! Exit velocity. Nice velocity. All right, we cap it off our exit velocity today with the final word that is, believe it or not, ending with a good news story in boxing. The fact that we're going to get Furian Wilder for a third time. Is there a chance that heavyweight boxing is back on our minds throughout the year? It has been so long since there has been any interest in fights toward these Ruiz and Joshua. It's just been, it's been so weak, and there really hasn't been opportunity to get behind a heavyweight guy that can throw a big punch, and both Wilder and Fury can. I mean, is there a chance that these guys fight five times? Maybe so, because sometimes the best fights in history have been these trilogies, and guys that have fought over and over again. It's not a bad thing to have uh, good attention toward any sport, whether it's reality or fantasy. The more the merrier, as far as I'm concerned. All right, that'll do it for the show. Thanks again to Frank Stample, of course, my co-host today. And also thanks to Chris Pavone, our producer, Sean Glastamachia, on the Sports Grid updates. We'll be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern right here on Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid. Have a great rest of your day and night. See you Tuesday. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.